0: Welcome back to Survive and Thrive, a podcast that brings you stories and perspectives on how, in changing times, leaders and organizations can not only transform to survive, but also thrive. I'm your host, Jennifer Ayers. As a recap from last season, we focused on change management and helping our listeners understand how to positively influence the change they want to see in their organization, how to minimize disruption, and how to even normalize the concept that change is usual. As previewed in this season, our fourth season, we want to focus more on some of the important aspects facing many organizations today regarding the subject of the future of work. How can organizations create a sense of belonging and navigate through hybrid workplaces and proactively foster diversity while considering things like personalized employment and really helping employees connect to purpose in their work? While we plan to do this by exploring some central topics around creating a healthy culture and how that future of work might look and be more impactful for individuals, we'll do this by talking to various leaders as we did last week by bringing in Jess Radcliffe to our podcast and provide our own perspective of around what's happening and what we're seeing and what we're talking about to our clients. For today's episode, I'd like to speak to you more directly about something that has really disrupted the professional world, remote work. It goes without saying that remote work was popularized and even normalized by the pandemic. Although our impression of remote work may still be filled with awkward Zoom meetings or shouting children, that may not be the whole picture. So today I'd like to examine remote work, its past and its present, and try to understand its future. And our future. So, with that, what did remote work really look like pre pandemic? I know it's hard to imagine a time before the pandemic at this point, but let's wind back about a decade. Until very recently, remote work wasn't even possible, as it required internet access, home computers, online organizational methods, and much more, let alone having leaders be able to. Remotely tap into their teams and measure productivity. Even when all those things did become available, employers weren't really ready to make the leap, and probably employees too at some level. But by 2015, according to Global Workplace Analytics, 3.9 million US employees were remote. In 2019, this number had risen to 4.7 million. I myself was one of them. Before the pandemic, I was doing more remote work, but for years as a consultant, I was Monday through Friday on the road making sure I was at the client site, which I do value the opportunity to have some face time with my team members and my client because there's nothing like it. But being on site every day was certainly a little bit of a drain, I would say, if you're someone like myself who was traveling. So as I had an opportunity to work remote more, I really valued that. And then post-pandemic, when everybody was remote, it gave us an opportunity for all of us to see how we might actually be able to work in a different way that might provide some greater flexibility. If we go back to early 2020, when we heard rumors of a virus overseas, We were not thinking at that time that by March, the world would have a massive shutdown. While essential workers kept the necessities running, the rest of American workforce at least, and around the globe at some level, were experiencing the awkward transition to getting online with their jobs and trying to figure out how to be productive. At one point during the pandemic, about 70% of full-time workers were remote, according to a survey by Owl Labs. Certain technologies, such as Slack, Zoom, Microsoft Teams, and Monday, made remote work possible. But even then, most of us were scrambling to adapt to new circumstances or failing to do so. As someone who's worked from home prior to the pandemic, I have to say, we all went remote in the absolute worst and clunky way and it wasn't our fault. Overnight, entire companies were remote, and they did so without having established systems, protocols, and social norms. Not only did the entire team have to learn unfamiliar technology, but they also had to navigate a different type of cultural experience and figure out a new work-life balance, let alone deal with the Zoom fatigue and stress caused by just staring at your face most of the time when you're looking at videos online all day. Many employees had to tutor their children online while they were not going to school while trying to do work themselves. An article in the Washington Post revealed that teleworking parents were interrupted on average every three minutes and 24 seconds. In one hour, they had an average of 15 interruptions. Sheesh. After such stressful and claustrophobic times, wouldn't we all be gunning to run back to the office once the vaccine was available? Yeah, maybe not. Apparently, despite the headache inducing adjustments to remote work, we actually did well for ourselves in general. Prior to the pandemic, many believed that working from home wouldn't be as productive. After all, how can you manage a team if you can't even see them? Yet the numbers tell a different story. A Mercer study of 800 employees revealed that 94% said that productivity remained the same or increased since employees began remote work. A Stanford study found that employees were 22% more productive when able to work from home. Teams eventually learned how to use their new tools, schools returned at some level in person, and according to Owl Labs, remote employees gained back an average of 40 minutes in their day by just Ditching the commute, whatever the case, remote started to well work, and not just professionally. Global Workplace Analytics estimated that employees could save up to four grand per year by working remotely, as they didn't have to spend as much on food and drink and fuel and parking and car maintenance. When it came to employers, they could save up to eleven thousand dollars for every half-time remote employee. Working from home can have other ripple effects. According to the U.S. Census Bureau, 86% of commuters drive a private vehicle to work. However, this changed in 2020. The U.S. saw a 25.5% drop in nitrogen dioxide due to the lack of cars on the road. You see, working from home might have some benefits. So, my question is, will it continue? As we navigate the new variants and the booster shots, a question hangs over all of us. We can never really go back to how life was before the pandemic. But do we want to? And what does the future look like? What habits did we develop during the pandemic that will continue to do so post-pandemic? I say that remote work won't entirely be one of them. Rather, maybe a hybrid work model that might emerge. In a survey of over 9,000 workers in different countries, Slack found that only 13% prefer to always work from home if given the choice. 12% said they wanted an office setting from time to time. However, 72% of workers preferred a hybrid remote office model. Similarly, a PWC survey found that 72% of workers wanted to work remotely for at least two days a week even when an office space was an option. And we're seeing that this is something employees are sticking by. Even back in 2017, companies that allowed remote work saw a 15% decrease in resignations. The Owl Labs survey also found that 74% of workers are less likely to leave a company if remote work is an option. Before we go any further into the future... I think it is important for every leader to understand the importance and the value that remote work can bring. And it's also based on some historical evidence. Whether you love it or not, it's here to stay. Now's the time to start cultivating a culture and a dynamic that can accommodate it. As leaders, we have the power to incorporate remote work in a way that provides the most benefit for our employees and our employers. Thank you, everyone, for listening and joining this week's episode of our Survive and Thrive podcast. Remember, at Consinity, we empower the conscious leader to realize positive and sustainable change. Until next time, don't just survive, thrive. Take care.